Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. Last two weeks we've been talking about praying in the Spirit and we've quoted a lot of verses more than one time you're probably going to hear that occur again today I think out of all the charges that the Lord gives us uh, ministers anyway and can I I'm just going to be honest with you and, and just real real open and tell you that I'm not any more than a shepherd so, I don't own the title. I didn't create the title as shepherd. God did. I didn't create the position. I didn't create the sheep that the shepherd's in charge of feeding and watching out for. God did. You belong to the Lord. Those of you online, you belong to the Lord. And I think one of the greatest charges that we shepherds have is to watch out for the flock but also warn the flock and love the flock but we are to 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 make the flock very aware and love them enough to prepare them for what's ahead if you were living in biblical times you would and you could hang around a shepherd you would find out that that what a shepherd would do if he knew that he had to go from this field to another field and, and, and take the flock there, that if, if there were members of the flock, sheep, that were hurting, he would, he would have to prepare them because if, if he didn't get them ready to go to where we needed to go, then they, they'd get left behind and if it was a, a field that was barren or it, it, it was begin, beginning to be overtaken by predators, they would be devoured. So that's what spiritually, that's what is happening right now in the world. I, I've already said about perilous times. But, but not only to warn people, but to also prepare us to go home. But part of the job that I have is to prepare all of us to complete our course. We're not just getting suited up and ready to go to heaven. That's a big part of what we're to do and to, to reach the loss. But, but nobody, nobody, whether you think about it or not, I don't think anybody wants to, to not complete the mission that God has for you to complete. And you trust me today, you have a mission that must be completed that God intends for you to complete. Regardless of how you rank yourself or what you say your physical condition or biblical knowledge is, everybody's got a, a course to finish. And that's what we want to do today. We want to, we want to talk a little bit about that because you, you're just not floundering out here. We do. But that's not our intention as far as God goes. That's not his purpose. It's for us just to kind of wait and kind of just be here until the trumpet sounds. We, we want to finish strong and we want to finish completely. That's the way you want to arrive. That's the way you want to go home is, is just like that. And so because we've been talking about two weeks praying in the Spirit and we've talked about the enemy and all that, We've got to look today at the fact that the devil is getting too much of a break. In fact, he's not being called out, church. He's been talked about, but he's not being called out. And I mean called out to the point that we all recognize him and we know what to do because, again, I'm not going to quote the entire scripture because you've heard Ephesians 6, 12 a lot. I'm going to refer to it again. But I'm just going to tell you, as simply as I know how, you're not fighting people. You're not fighting people. I don't care if you like or don't like Washington or New York 
or Hollywood or Scotland County or even your own house. You're not fighting people. And the quicker you can, you can kind of accept that, then you can move on to the next step. And so we're going to look in Mark's gospel. It's told more than one time. But we're going to look at a story that you know about, I've preached about, referred to. And we're going to talk about the empty tomb today. Next week, there will be many, many, many messages, songs, plays, uh, dramas that talks about the empty tomb. But today, I'm not talking about the empty tomb that will be talked about next week. I'm talking about another one. Let's read together. Verse 1. And they came over into the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, talking about Jesus, immediately. Will you say that word with me? Immediately. So as soon as he got out of the boat, stepped on to the shore. You, you said it with me. Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Need to stop. This man was in the tombs because the judicial system as you know it today, but back then it wouldn't work, and it was a lot uh, more harsh than it is today. But even at, at that length of uh, punishment and confinement, it didn't work. And again... I'm going to hit things two or three times. But man back then was doing the same thing that we men, women of God, and people in the world that are not of God try to do today. Man was trying to take care of a what appeared to be a fleshly problem and situation with fleshly means. So here I go for the first time. You cannot, and I repeat, you absolutely cannot treat spiritual matters with human answers or solutions. You cannot do it. He was in the tombs because there was nowhere else for him to be. But his problem was not necessarily one of drugs or alcohol or theft. Or murder. He may have done all those things. But the Bible tells us this man was in the tomb or tombs because he had an unclean spirit. So don't tell me that the devil won't take you and put you in places that you just don't want to be because you are reading it this morning. He will, I quote it all the time. George Yance, the Cathedral Quartet, one of my favorite all-time singers, was a bass singer of a Southern Gospel Quartet. And he sang the lead, the verses of a song that says, Sin will take you farther than you want to go. But check this out. It will leave you longer than you want to stay. So what happened was this man... And it has to be because of sin, of uh, commission that you commit, or sins of omission. Things that you don't do, James 4, 17. You know to do good, but you don't do it. And that's what brings about Satan being able to just walk his way into your world and take over the controls and do what he wants to do. And when it gets to a very extreme part of uh, ownership, he'll even drive you to an unknown place. This man was in a tomb because he had an unclean spirit. Verse 3 says, who had his dwelling among the tombs. You know, you usually put dead people in tombs. And no man, here you go, no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters, that's around his feet, 
and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. So I want to tell you again, you absolutely cannot treat an unclean spirit with human solutions. You cannot treat any kind of spirit that's of the devil with anything. Now, I've got to give a great um, uh, kind of a disclaimer in a way to what I'm about to say because it's going to, it's going to be taken out of context, guaranteed. Now, my daughter and my sister both uh, have professional degrees when it comes to counseling and mental health. And they, will, they agree with everything I'm going to tell you right now. That there's, there's some cases in this world where uh, people have to be helped. And God uses ways to help these people. Sometimes it's through medicine. But then sometimes it's through um, restoration and, and, and just kind of helping, in most cases, but not all, children to get attention and direction that they don't have. So I'm going to just say that out front. Because I, I'll be taken out of context. But I'm okay with that. That happens on a regular basis by everybody that preaches or talks on behalf of God and His Word. But I want to tell you this. You cannot treat a spirit. I don't even want to use the word unclean right this second. You cannot treat a spirit with alcohol, with pills, with good advice, or even a history of what you might have done or what I might have done if it's an unclean spirit. Now, let me go back to an example I gave months ago about when I was in Bible college and I took a psychology class. And the example... That I was given, y'all might remember, of a 16-year-old girl that all of a sudden went from honor straight A down to F, almost committed to a mental facility because they couldn't put their finger on it. They thought she was mentally insane. And I'm just going to cut through all the whole story and tell you, one doctor after dozens had said, can we just do one more test? And found out that somewhere in... <clears throat> This young lady's body, there had some kind of chemical reaction to dairy products taking place and threw her off the spectrum. They took her off of dairy products. Two weeks, she was back to where she was. But she was about to be committed and labeled for the rest of her life. So I'm telling you, this is not, you can't say that this one size fits all. I'm talking of a spiritual condition today. I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist. I'm, I, I'm not anything. I'm barely a preacher by the grace of God. But I'll tell you about spiritual things. When it comes to an unclean spirit, when it comes to a spirit, there's nothing you can do or anybody walking the face of the earth but somebody that knows it's a spirit and addresses the spirit. This man had been tried. He'd been all in jails, in chains, in shackles and fetters. None of those things work. None of those things work. I'm just trying to get somewhere, so I've got to kind of put a little foundation down first but I want you to understand you are not living in a world and the reason I'm preaching this in part one's obedience but the other part is because you and I are bombarded with fleshly situations as though it seems 
every day of your life. I don't care what it is. It can be about health. It can be about digital currency. It can be about Trump being guilty. It can be about Biden being crazy. It can be about all of them being liars almost. It can be about Hollywood being filthy. It can be about the educational system being vile and vulgar and corrupt. We can do this for a long time. Amen. But I will tell you, it's not about any of that, but it's about unclean spirits. That just ch- and we, we spent a lot of time going from up there to down here on all these things that were on the stage to tell you that by the time it gets to the flesh, all you and I think about, we think about flesh. We don't give credit where credit is due. And you know why? Number one, we're ignorant and we don't have knowledge. But number two, we can't do anything about it if we do know it's a spirit. So... Backing all the way back up, we've got to be not only ready when the trumpet sounds, which could happen at any second, but we've got to finish the work that we each, and as a church, have to finish before it's too late. And you can't do that posting how you feel about something, or giving somebody the bird, not going to do it, or getting with a couple of other people that see things the way you see it. You're wasting time, and you're just one less person that the devil has to worry about exposing him. Y'all see where I'm coming from so far? So we've got to get our eyes off of one another. We've got to get our eyes off of others. And we've got to realize that if you leave an unclean spirit alone long enough, he will isolate you in a tomb. He will. You can say, no, he won't. I'm not that dumb. Let me tell you something. When you let him in, you don't have a say-so. Because your knowledge or your ignorance don't matter anymore. He's just found a place to rest and do what he wants to do. And I'm going to prove that to you here in just a minute. Because he'd been dwelling among the tombs and no man, no fetters, nobody could chain him. And oftentimes, verse 4 again, he was bound with those fetters and he plucked them off, you know. It's like Samson kind of did. Check this out. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, I'm telling you, God's good to this boy right here. It's just come right now. In the Old Testament... Samson, under the power of the Spirit of God, the anointing, hallelujah, he was able to break off the chains and break off the cords and the flax and all that, hallelujah, because he was dedicated. Nazarite vow, hadn't cut his hair, touched a dead thing, or drank wine. This man in the New Testament, he was able to break chains and break fetters and all that, because of an unclean spirit had overtaken him. So see, when a spirit's inside of you, if it's a good spirit, you can do good, godly, great things for the glory of God. But if it's an evil spirit, you can do things that'll wow people and mesmerize people. In fact, you see it all the time and you don't know it. You know what it's called? It's called successful people in music. It's called people that can... listen. I don't want to, I think of maybe two people in here will know this guy's name. I'm not going to tell you the band he was with, but a long time ago. I know this guy that was, I don't know him personally, he don't know me. I don't even know if he's alive anymore because I don't follow that stuff anymore. But his name was Neil Pert. He was a drummer like nobody's business. I'm talking 70s or 80s early 90s, mostly 80s. Yes. But he was quoted as saying, somebody talking to him one time, is that he was so phenomenally good, like many rock musicians, because he had a contract with the devil. Word, almost for word, is what I'm telling you. And some of you people that's 
really 50 and older or maybe, maybe 40 and older, you, you may, you know, you may have known good old hippie rockers and all that that could was all that good. And you say, well, no, they just did acid and heroin. That's why I don't know. I, I know a lot of people that could probably do acid and heroin, and they couldn't even play a juice harp. Y'all know what that is, don't you? That's what the hillbillies play in the mountains with their mouth. So it ain't got nothing to do with that. But see, it don't have to be breaking fetters and breaking chains. The devil can just say, well, look, I'm going to take ownership in you, and I'm going to manifest myself in this way. And in, in case anybody's kind of getting tempted, say, well, that, that don't sound that bad to me. Uh, hell is not a good thing. And most of these people either commit suicide or they take their lives through drugs, uh, overdose, alcohol, and all that. So, you know, the fame, the skill level, the money, and all that ends up in a six-foot hole. Amen, preacher. And there's hundreds of thousands of people that can back up what I'm saying that are six feet under if they could talk today. So let me just tell you something. When a spirit takes over you, something's going to happen. If it's the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, something's going to happen. You're going to turn into a new man. You're going to turn into a new woman. You're going to, uh, in Acts chapter 2, people that used to be scared and run was all of a sudden preaching boldly and didn't care if it cost them their lives. This man right here, taken by an unclean spirit, was isolated from society, kept in tombs, just away. And you're about to read and hear something that's just very bad. I've never felt sorry for this man until God laid this message on my heart. I focused too much on Jesus, which is not a bad thing, but the Lord said, there, there's a great teaching in here that I want to teach you, and so I'm going to share it with you. So you can't treat a spirit with human means. Verse 5, however, says, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying. That thing tore me up. I've never been emotional. I've never got upset. I've read past that until this week because God reminded me of just how bad people are or how bad off they are and how bound Satan has people. See, what just raising hell, as you might would say or think, causing a disturbance. But the Bible says night and day, this man that was overtaken by an unclean spirit, crying, crying, crying. In fact, the Bible says crying and cutting himself with stones. Crying, cutting, crying and cutting crying and cutting people in this room people streaming you know people in their own way they're crying they're cutting crying and cutting might not be doing it with a rock but they might be doing it with a, a needle they might be doing it with alcohol they might be doing it with a pill they might be doing it with an extramarital affair they might be doing it by lying but there are people all over our community all over the earth Simply because the devil goes undetected and, and he goes uh, unconfronted, they're just left to cry because the Spirit is doing what it wants to do. And all they can do when they have a break is to cry and cut. Cry and cut. And God has raised you up, church, to do something about crying and cutting right about now. You live with them, you work with them, you're related to them, you know them by name. Crying and cutting. That's all they have to look forward to. New rock, new gash, new tears, new eyes to be swollen, just crying. And God has said, today is the day 
of salvation. In church, we got to finish your course. These people can't help themselves. Do you understand this? They can't help themselves. You could not help yourself. I couldn't help myself until I was able to see Jesus when he stepped off of the boat and he got where I could see him. And until you get to a place in your walk, around your world, around your circle, and just step out where somebody that's bound in tombs can see Jesus, it's not going to change. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Bible says, but when he saw Jesus, verse 6, no more crying and cutting, but when he saw Jesus afar, church, he ran and he worshipped him. That was all it took. The devil had him bound, but all he had to do was just get an eye shot of Jesus. That's all he had to do was just get where he could see Jesus. Jesus didn't have to have an altar call. Jesus didn't have to give him a track. Jesus just had to point a finger at him and tell him how of a, a menace to society was. All Jesus had to do was just get out and start walking that way. Glory to your name. And the rest was history. Hallelujah, God is still church. He's trying to raise me and you up. Raise us up. Because he sent his son, it's going to be celebrated Palm Sunday today, next week. Oh, it's going to be celebrated. But how many people will get out of tombs through all the celebration? How many people will get set free? He saw Jesus. And his response was, drop the rocks. The tears turned from the misery that Satan had placed on him to the glory that was coming his way. You see how fast Jesus can change a situation, church. We just got to get Jesus out there. We just got to let people see, yeah, I got him hid in my heart, but I don't want to tell you about him. We got to get him out there. I feel the power and presence of God here today. Glory to your name, Lord. People need the Lord, church. I'm telling you, quit getting mad at people. Quit talking about people. And let's just let them lay their eyes on Jesus for 30 seconds. Watch what happens. Oh, God, I bless you this morning. Glory to your name, God. The Lord needs me, and he needs you. And all he needs us to do, we don't have to open our mouth. All he needs for us to do, get out of the boat and just let people see a real Jesus. That's all they need. They can see a real Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you're going to read right now what happens. They're going to worship and then verse 7 says, he cried with a loud voice and said, a lot of people want to take away from this. But no, this man's still glory in God, if you want to ask me. He said, what I have to do with you, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? You see, some scholars and many preachers, no doubt, will say, yes, I know this was the Spirit, but this just drives it home even more that the Bible already tells us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And the demon was shouting, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that you don't torment me. For he said to the man, to the demon, he said, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And verse 9 says, And so Jesus asked him, said, What? Is thy name. And again, Jesus didn't say, Well, before you were in the tombs, what was your diagnosis? And again, I'm being sensitive. I've, try, I've, tried, to, I've tried to be as 
And I've told you, there's certain situations. Uh, things happen. So let me just tell you this, church. Jesus absolutely didn't try to uh, evaluate and assess the situation. He knew what it was. God is still alive. Amen? That same resurrection power, hallelujah, that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. We must, we must, we must get to a place where we recognize where people are and that they have trouble that the enemy has brought into their life and we help them. I know this is uncomfortable, but there's an easy solution to what I'm telling you, and I've preached it for two weeks in a row. And the Lord said, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And so he asked him, what is your name? And he said, my name, the demon did, through the man said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, I'm going to tell you third, fourth time today in a different way. This time, though, you either have to deal with the Spirit or the Spirit will deal with you. You can't play around with it. You can't ignore it. You can't try to go get it help that won't help that. Again, I can, you, you can, I, can, I can hand this microphone to Caitlin or uh, Aaron or many other uh, spirit-filled professional counselors that will tell you there's a lot of times when there's help we have to give people a minute. But then there's a lot of times we know because we know God and we know the Word that this person is just traumatized by a demon. And so I'm not trying to get anybody off of uh, what God is trying to do today. But I will let you know that we've got to understand you cannot, you cannot ignore a spirit because the spirit, and we'll see it here in a second, the spirit's goal, and you can finish this before I will, is to kill, steal, and go ahead and say the third word, destroy. You're absolutely right. So the devil is not happy until he's destroyed. In this story, you will see this. But you cannot say, we'll call 1-800-GET-HELP, man with legion, when it's a spiritual issue. You can't do that, church. And you can't say, well, I'm not at church and I don't have anointing oil and I don't have a lot of experience in this. You've got to be to a, at a place where you know the same resurrection power is living in you. And whom the Son sets free, they're free indeed. We've got to get to that place because we can't leave these people that are held captive to tombs, we can't leave them behind during tribulation. They won't make it, church. You can't leave them behind. I can't leave them behind. This church, this ministry cannot leave them behind. So we've got to fight fire with fire and we've got to deal with the Spirit because the Lord is tired of that Spirit dealing with people. He bought people with His blood. He suffered. He created man in His own image. People are the rightful property of Almighty God. And we owe it to Him to give every one of them we can back to Him before the trumpet sounds. Mark Chapter 16, verse 9 is another very wonderful example of what I'm telling you about. First day of the week after Jesus was risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven devils. What's that all about? I don't know how many of you, and if you don't like it, just don't tell me. 
but I don't know if you've seen the, the, the Chosen, the, the series about Jesus where Mary Magdalene is uh, portrayed as uh, her, her biblical lifestyle. But it's a wonderful job. But then that, that redemption that takes place will help you appreciate this scripture right here even more because you can get a visual of just how far Jesus will reach inside of a tomb to get somebody. And it will show you, church, that there's nobody that's off limits to the saving power of Almighty God. The woman had seven devils, and Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He cast all seven of them out. He didn't try to figure out what was wrong. He didn't ask people about her lifestyle and her reputation. He dealt with the spirits that had been dealing with her and had been destroying her life. He just dealt with the spirit. We've got to get to a place where we just deal with the spirit. And quit being scared of the Spirit. So, this is why it's called spiritual warfare. Very few Christians fight the battle. Oh, we blame our problems on spiritual warfare, and a lot of them are. But we will never fight back. We'll talk about it. We'll give credit to the devil. But we actually do not fight back. We don't do it. We don't deal with the Spirit. And you shouldn't be intimidated. Paul said, there's no temptation overtaking you, but such is common to man. But God will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There's not one thing that the devil can muster up, drum up. There's not an amount of demons from hell he can grab or grab from the four corners of the earth. And I'm going to say it the way you'll understand. Sick on you. That you can't just say, in the name of Jesus, and every one of them go. And I'm going to show you how puny he really is in a minute. Well, I'm, I'm trying to build him up because I'm, we're about to blow him out of the water, the word is anyway. The Bible says in Acts chapter 19, now I want you to listen to this. Uh, wait, before we do that, let me, let me just tell you this. Because I want you to get a good idea of what's going on. We called out seven demons in Mary Magdalene. But if, if legions in demons are the same as a legion of soldiers in the Bible, that was over 6,000-foot soldiers, all right? So, and y'all remember when Jesus was on the cross, he said, if I wanted to, I could call 12 legions, possibly over 100,000, 72, we know. He said, if, if, if I wanted to, I could call my father would send if I wanted 12 legions of angels. So, if we just take the, the, the number we do know, 6,000 spirits. And then we just even knock that off by what we're about to read. Or I'm, I'm going to just tell you, I'm not going to read it. We're going to save some time and tell you this. This man was really occupied. So, no wonder he was crying and cutting, crying and cutting, crying and cutting. And do you know, here's the story, that when Jesus, hey, by the way, if Jesus loves a demon enough to give them what they asked for, in this case anyway, don't you know he died for you? Don't you know he loves you more than a demon? What do you mean by that? Well, they said, don't, 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 don't just send us away. Because, you know, we got to kill, still destroy. So he said, all right, go. And there was about 2,000 pigs over on a hillside, and all 2,000. So I'm saying there's at least 2,000 demons in the man. Ran violently down the hill, and they all drowned. Because his goal is to, if he can't keep you in a tomb, it's just to run you over the edge and kill you, drown you, whatever his means are. That's what he longs to do. So he seems big. He seems intimidating. He seems threatening, but check this out in Acts chapter 19, verse 12. Um, in fact, I'll read the scripture to you. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases 
departed from them. And the evil, you're reading it with me, right? I want you to see it with me. I want to read it from there. The evil spirit. So church, let's just do a little IQ test right quick. That scripture just proves the fact that if you're living right, walking right, and God is all your life is about, which the apostle Paul was, this scripture says he didn't even go lay hands on them. Somebody else would get an apron or a handkerchief and go lay it or throw it on somebody that was sick or full of the devil, as we would say. And the Bible just said that the spirits would leave. So I'm going to tell you right now, it don't take a whole lot to deal with the devil if you'll just stop and deal with the devil, church. It don't take a lot to deal with him. Paul didn't even have to waste one step because demons, at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, they'll have to flee. You don't even have to get your hands dirty. You just got to get your heart right and say, Lord, I'm yours. And then no weapon formed against you will prosper. It won't work. He'll, he'll make them and all that, but they won't work. And then you'll be able to deal with the Spirit. And the Bible says that, I just referred to this, I think, two weeks ago. Seven sons, maybe last week, seven sons of Sceva. So I'm casting out devils and dealing with devils. Says, hey, we want to do this. And uh, so they went to the man who was bound by Satan. I'm paraphrasing, but they said, uh, we adjure you by Jesus that this Paul preaches. And in fact, you think you have it on the screen. Uh, this last part says, and so the Spirit spoke back to those Seven jokers. Say jokers. They were jokers. And they said, uh, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? So they, they wanted to deal with the Spirit, but they weren't living by the Spirit. They just wanted, they just wanted to be bad and cool and cocky, but you can't do that with the devil. I told you. He can do all these things and give people these kind of uh, abilities and he can run people in tombs and isolate people in home and cause people to do things that they ought not to do, we ought not to do. But at the end of the day, he can be dealt with in a very quick manner and he also doesn't want you to know that he can be dealt with like that. But... He knows if you're not living right. And so you can't play around with him. In the 11th chapter of Luke, the Bible says when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. And so he says, this is what the spirit says, unclean spirit, I will return to my house where I came, and when he cometh, he finds it swept and garnished. I wish we had a lot of time to talk about verse 25. Then goeth he and taketh to him, Mary Magdalene, remember seven, seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and they dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. You know, when we read in the Scripture about building up ourselves on our most holy faith, Praying in the Spirit, praying with understanding, pray without ceasing. Uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Folks, that's there for a reason. It's not just good Bible verses to quote while some man's preaching. It's there because when you don't do maintenance on your soul, when you don't stay greased up in the Holy Ghost, when you don't stay lathered up with the soap of heaven, in the Word of God and on your knees and worshiping God in spirit and in truth, the devil might just come one day and he said, man, I can't find a single. I went through that church and I can't find, man, they've got it locked down with the power of God. And then all of a sudden, well, I've been too busy to read this week. I can't go to prayer. I mean, what's the point of going to prayer? I don't, I don't do Wednesday night, you know, and I'll give when I can. And he said, Hey, y'all, come on. 
We got a sleeper over here. I'm telling you the truth. And the Bible says, you're talking about a backslider. Man, you done slid not only back, you slid off. In church, in closing, the two things you've got to know. I've told you this about the resurrection power. But the first thing is, we've got the power. You've got access to the power. You do. Paul was a liar. Paul, uh, can I say cusser? Paul was a cusser. He swore, he cussed. Yeah, the same Paul that watched the dead raise, watched the little girl come up when Jesus took uh, uh, Peter, James, and John and the parents. Same Peter that walked on water, that saw the multitudes. Yeah, that Peter that watched Lazarus come forth. At the end, when fear set in, he cussed, lied about even knowing Jesus, let alone being a part of Jesus. But when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he turned into a bold man that wound up being crucified upside down because he said, I, I'm not even worthy to be crucified the same way my Lord and Savior was. So I wanted you to know, we've got that power. When you get that power, you get rid of all that stuff that's just still laying down in there some kind of way. And when you get scared, it all surfaces up. You've got the power to deal with unclean spirits. Deuteronomy 32 says, How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock? had sold them, and the Lord had shut them up. See, through Jesus, when I was growing up, uh, we had a man, some of you heard him, he used to be on uh, Christian TV, been in Northview a few times, Laverne Trip. I remember, East Rockingham Church of God. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord, though, though what? Though Satan rages, he what? We, we shall not be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. That's why at the name of the Lord, the devil has to leave. But you got to start in the name of the Lord telling Satan to leave your life, to leave your house, to leave your children, to leave your situation. Call him out, church. We've got the power. Call him out. Because your elder brother Jesus is with you. And if one can take care of a thousand demons, Two of you, you and Jesus, can take care of 10,000. You got it made and you don't even know it. Hallelujah. If you'll stand up with me, please. And this is the second thing. Hallelujah. It's time to empty out some tombs. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart.
and you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.